Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. The enemy's always coming against us, trying to discourage us and tell us that we're disqualified for ministry. Most of that's lies, but there are some things that disqualify us for ministry. Join us as we talk about those things. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, appreciate you guys blessing us with awesome reviews on um, iTunes or Apple Podcasts or however else you get podcasts. Please leave us good reviews and please share this podcast with other people that it might be a blessing and encouragement to because that's the intention of these podcasts. We want it to be a blessing. We want them to be an encouragement to you especially those who are already on the sidewalk at abortion centers, but even those who may not be yet on the sidewalk, we want to encourage folks to be out there to give a voice to the voiceless and to bring the gospel where it's most needed, which is at these places of darkness that are in our city, these abortion centers. Yeah. And so we're going to jump into our subject right away and talk about uh, what disqualifies someone for ministry. Like right. what would disqualify me if I were to, to drop out of, of ministry, what yeah. would be those disqualifying factors? Right. And also remember, as we're talking through disqualification, uh, we're also not really specifically talking about that, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit, but there are sometimes seasons where you need to step back for just a little bit. And yep. I think you know maybe our propensity could be in our flesh is that we want to step back mm-hmm. and when we really need to just press in. Right. Now, when that that point is, you know, I can't tell you exactly. Yeah. But I do know one thing, that Jesus certainly did take times away from ministry. Mm -hmm. Jesus certainly understood, again, the mission that his father had called him to, and he was um, had his face set like a flint, Mm -hmm. uh, using biblical terminology, to do the will of his father. Like, he was going to do the will of his father, but he also was going to spend time with his father. So it's not really the scope of what we're talking about necessarily, but that's just something to keep in mind. We're talking about disqualification for ministry. Also understand that there are times that people need to step back, but I think within the scope of the calling, you need to be prepared to step back in too when when you've stepped back for a bit. Right, yeah. And we, we found a good scripture, I think, yeah. that, um, that we could maybe start off with that gives us some sense of are we only qualified for ministry if we're really strong, because a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about and what disqualifies us seem to be weaknesses or even sin or past sin. Yeah. And so one of the dangers is that people entering ministry feel, well, I've got to be really strong, if not perfect. Right. And and we, we think the Bible would probably say that is not the case at all. Well, I would say in... Just based on this scripture and who wrote this scripture, yeah, um, I think just understanding the way God operates is not how human beings operate. Mm-hmm. We operate in, well, you should really play on your strengths. So, for yeah. example, what I'm talking about is the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the scripture I'm about to read, mm-hmm. was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He even mm-hmm. describes himself. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. Mm-hmm. He was a Pharisee, you know, according to the law, he was a Pharisee. Like he was a Jew of Jews. He was the guy that you would think, yeah. Right, a leader. Mm-hmm. And if God was going to call him, mm-hmm. you think, well, God would call him certainly to Jewish people because he has the background and he's got all the knowledge about the Jewish uh, scriptures and all of that. Right. But actually, God calls the apostle Paul primarily to the Gentiles. Now, of course, he uses the apostle Paul to reach Jews, certainly. Because God wants to reach everybody, but His particular calling was to the Gentiles, which is not how we would operate. We mm-hmm. would think, no, He's His strength is in this. Yeah. Um, but this scripture, written by the Apostle Paul, says, um, "He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content." with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In that 2 Corinthians 12, 
um, verses 10, and then a few other, 10 to 12, I think, yeah. were those verses. Yeah. Yeah. And the Apostle Paul actually wrote this. I was uh-huh. just speaking to someone who um, I was vetting to potentially come and be a missionary with us, come to do our boot camp and our okay. training. If you guys don't know about that, please go to lovelife.org slash America, and you'll find out information about uh, Sidewalk Missionary Ministry. You can even get into the loop to find out more about that. Um but I was sharing with one of the missionaries that I was talking through, and she was just, she's a young lady, and she was kind of intimidated by the idea that mm-hmm. you know God might have her on the sidewalk talking to people and even rallying the church in her city right. to be out at prayer walks and all of that. And so I read her this scripture to encourage her. And this is the Apostle Paul again. He's in, he, This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 3. And he says, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. Mm, that's good. Yeah. The ESV says, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. Much trembling. Not just so, trembling, much trembling. Yeah. So if you have weakness, uh-huh. if you have fear, uh-huh. and you have much trembling, right. then you are well qualified for ministry. That's exactly what they need. <laughs> yeah. We under Listen, if we think that we're going to operate and minister out of our strengths, out of our human abilities, then we're going to fall flat on the ground. Yeah. We've got to be in fear and much trembling. We've got to be, and I think I've shared with you guys in the past, uh, my favorite scripture, John chapter 15, favorite chapter of the whole entire Bible is John mm-hmm. chapter 15, where Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Mm-hmm. He goes on to say, if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. And that's exactly what Paul's talking about here. Right. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3, is what he's talking about in that 2 Corinthians passage, is that in my weakness, I am strong. Why? Because I'm not relying on me. I'm relying on him, on the yeah. Lord. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is just so great, and the Scripture is clearly guiding us that we can still have weaknesses and be used by God. Because I think many people, I know this was true of me, is true of me. If I'm struggling personally, I will quite often struggle in silence Yeah. because I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared, what if this disqualifies me from what I'm doing? What if it makes other people think less of me, yeah. that, I'm, that I'm supposed to be leading? And I love what I do. What if... They fire me yeah. because of these struggles. So that's why, for me personally, I really wanted to tackle this podcast because I don't think I'm alone. Yeah. I don't think I'm alone in those fears. And even just what you just read, this scripture already like calms my spirit yeah. because the Bible is clear. Just because you struggle doesn't mean you cannot minister and be effective. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact... Because you struggle, Mm -hmm. you're able to minister more effectively Mm -hmm. in some situations. I'll just use the example of of you, yourself, Mm -hmm. in the fact that, and you've shared it before, that you have an abortion in your past. Right. And that, in a very real sense, is a weakness, right? Yeah. And you look back in your history. Deep, deep sin. Yeah. Deep, deep sin in the past. of course, always the the temptation to believe some of the lies that you're told that because you had an abortion, Mm -hmm. it's a hypocritical thing for you to stand in front of an abortion clinic and tell other people not to do that. Yeah. And so that can slip into your psyche and you start to believe that. But the reality is... Is that because of that, Mm -hmm. because of that abortion, because you know what these women, many of them are struggling with, because you know of the after effects of abortion, because of that air quotes weakness, that's actually become a strength for you. You can speak out of that. And also speak out of the fact that the Lord has healed you from that. Yeah. Right. And with with all of our so-called weaknesses, Mm -hmm. we have to view those weaknesses in light of who we're serving. We're serving the Lord. We're not just serving people. And that's why we always have to have the focus that we're out there for God first. Right. And if we're serving Him, and He's called it, called us to this ministry, you know, like they say, where God guides, He provides, right? Mm-hmm. So He provides us strength in our weaknesses. And I'll tell you what I've seen oftentimes. When I see someone come out 
that um, f- to volunteer or whatever, and they're they're really strong or appear to be strong in certain areas. Mm-hmm. That's actually a concern for me because mm-hmm. a lot of times that is rooted in pride. Yeah, and they're not willing to get out of the way and let God do His thing. Now, right. I, don't, I don't mean that people don't need to have strengths in certain areas and stuff like that, but I mm-hmm. do mean to say that if I see kind of an air of people relying on their own strengths, their own abilities, I see problems. Yeah. Well, I know what was true for me when I first came into this ministry was I suffered in silence with the truth of that abortion. I didn't yeah. talk. I didn't tell anyone because I thought it was so terrible. How could I tell anyone? And what would, again, all those things I stated earlier, what would they all think of me? And, and I suffered in silence for many years before I finally did tell you all. Yeah. And, um, and so one of the things that um, I really hope that this podcast, one of the messages will be speak to others. Don't, yeah. don't be afraid. Don't hold it in the struggles that you're going, going through because, yeah. and we're going to talk about that, I think later on a little bit more in the podcast, but that is not what God would have us do. No, no the devil will, will use that. He will. And what, what you're trying to hold in and not share with other people mm-hmm. because you're afraid it will disqualify you from ministry or whatever yeah. ultimately can be what disqualifies you from ministry because right. you're holding right. it in. That's right. And not that you're disqualified in the sense that you know, someone's told you you're disqualified, but you start to get neutralized and you start yeah. to feel guilty and you start to mm-hmm. – the more stuff you hold in, the more that stuff festers and it, it just becomes a root of bitterness actually. Right. So that's yeah. why you need – to have people that you share these things with, I always encourage people in any realm of ministry, just in any realm of of your walk with God, you yeah. need to have an accountability partner. Right, right. You need to have someone that you can vent to. You need yeah. to have someone that you can share the stuff that you're struggling with too. Um, if nothing else, just to be able to voice it. Exactly. So there there are some things that do disqualify. And yeah, you kind of need... have touched on that, yeah. even in your description of there can, and I don't think that was one of the things we had listed, but I, I think it, it's very true. If you're so self-sufficient and proud that you can't even recognize that you have weakness, that might disqualify you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we do need to be clear. Like this is, this is intended, this podcast is intended to encourage people. Right. But also there are things that do disqualify you from yeah, ministry. And I want mm-hmm. to discourage people that are involved in these things from yeah. being involved in ministry because sometimes what people will do, especially in some of these um, areas when they have rebellious heart, unrepentant sin, yeah. when their their lives are spiritually deficient, like they are not connected to the true vine, sometimes right. people will overcompensate. Yeah. And they'll give themselves to ministry yeah. or to work or whatever. And that will actually be a, a downfall to the ministry itself. It'll it'll make the Lord look bad. It'll make the ministry look bad. Um, yeah. So just to say, there are things that disqualify you from ministry. If you're asking what could disqualify you from ministry, here's yeah. here are some of the things we have. We have a list of some things. Yeah, what are those? So first and foremost is unrepentant sin. Yeah, that's a bad one. Yeah. So if you're living a lifestyle of unrepentant sin, you're living with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, having sex outside of marriage, consistent unrepentant sin, yeah. I mean, that would disqualify you from ministry. You can't give what you don't have, and you're talking, and I don't think that this is probably the case. I don't have anyone in mind when I'm thinking about this, but you know, if you're on the sidewalk trying to minister to people that are about to kill their children because most of them have had sex outside of marriage, and yet Mm -hmm. you're doing that yourself, it's like you, you are... In that category of judge not lest you be judged. That's right. For in the same measure you used to judge will be measured back to you. That goes on. That scripture talks about removing the plank from your eye so that you can help someone else see the speck in their own eye. Right. Um, so the implication here is that you know, God needs to remove that plank. Unrepentant sin is like a big plank in your eye. Yeah. And it just opens the ministry up to so much damage yeah. as that hypocrisy is exposed. And God says, all evil will be brought to light. Yeah. At some point, it will be brought to light. Be careful. Your sin will find you out. That's right. And yeah. and our ministry is such a valuable and important one, and it would be awful. Well, that's true. Of, I think you know all ministries. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to be really careful. Do not be in sin, in unrepentant sin, ongoing yeah. unrepentant sin, that you need to step away if yeah. that's the case and deal with that Yeah, first. absolutely. Yeah. 
And the next thing, and these, this is not, this is in no, by no means like a, a an exhaustive list, right? But these are just some of the things that kind of came to mind as right. we're thinking through this. So, unrepentant sin, rebellious heart, yeah. And of course, a rebellious heart is unrepentant sin against mm-hmm. the Lord first mm-hmm. and foremost. I mean, the Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And witchcraft is relying on the principles of the world and the things of the world rather than the Lord. Yeah. Right. And so a rebellious heart, first and foremost, is rebellious against the Lord, but also rebellious against leadership. Yeah, I was just going to say that. So could you see that in um, as maybe there's new people coming on and someone that maybe you're trying to guide and lead and they just won't take your leadership? That to me is a rebellious heart. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things we look out for with volunteers here yeah. and with sidewalk missionaries is their uh, connection to a local church. Yeah. And yeah. now I don't mean to throw everyone under the bus. I don't mean to put everyone in the same category because I know there are some people that are not part of a local church because maybe they just moved or maybe there is some deep wounds that need to be healed or whatever. But for the most part, what I've seen for people that are not part of a local church, mm-hmm. or I'll, I'll back up for a second. If I see people who I Christians who I see with a rebellious heart, yeah, with an unwillingness to submit to leadership, I can almost guarantee you they're not a part of a local church yeah. because they're not willing to submit themselves to the leadership of a local church. They've got their own ideas. They've got their own agenda. And of course, they always you know slap God's approval on it. Their agenda, according to them, is always God's agenda. Right. Uh, but when the reality really is, God's agenda is... I will build my church. Like if you yeah. want to be on board with what God's doing, yeah. it's not building your ministry. Right. God's doing what he's been doing for about 2,000 years, a little over mm-hmm. 2,000 years, which mm-hmm. is what Jesus said he would do on the profession of Peter. I will build my church. That's what Jesus is doing. Yeah. And if you're not on board with that, you're not on board with what the Lord is doing. Yeah. So um, aside from all, you know, all this these reasons why people are not a part of a local church, I think you can boil it down to, in a lot of ways, a rebellious heart. Yeah. They're not willing to submit themselves to leadership. Yeah, I agree with that. And and of course, we all have a rebellious heart probably at times. So this yeah. is this is more kind of, I think, an attitude, an ongoing attitude. Yeah, persistent. You know, a persistent. Heart. Yes. Right. Yeah. Unwillingness to yield. I would say a rebellious heart manifests itself in an unwillingness to yield to leadership. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, and certainly in our ministry, that that also includes that being a part of a local church, that that would disqualify someone if they're not a part of a local church, unless there's some extenuating circumstance. Yeah. But... um, No, I think we can get into, because some of the other points that we have here are kind of along the same lines of what we've already talked about. Right. Um, Ongoing sin. So struggles with sin are always disqualifying factors, and that does not mean, though, because you stumble... Yeah. You know, the Bible says we all stumble in various ways. There are temptations that we fall into from time to time. There are things that we give ourselves to that we ought not, that we repent of. Um, but I think that point of unrepentant sin, things that you're not willing to acknowledge your sin, um, disagreement with God's word, like there are, cl- there are plain um, truths in Scripture. Yeah. And if you've just written those truths off and because you want God's stamp of approval on your lifestyle mm-hmm. and your sin or whatever mm-hmm. it is, God's not into that. And that yeah. disqualifies you from ministry. Right. Because it, right. remember, ministry is not about you. Ministry is about the Lord. The same root word of the word for ministry is actually service or servant. A minister mm-hmm. is a servant. Mm-hmm. Servant of who? Well, first and foremost, the Lord, right? Yeah. So there has to be an agreement with with what he says, with his word, with what he says is right and what he says is wrong in order for you to, to be in ministry. Yeah. Now, often the result of these issues, an unrepentant heart, a rebellious heart, ongoing sin, hypocrisy, the result can, and usually at some point is, Attack. I mean, there or there. There are consequences. There yeah. are often evil, bad consequences. But you could not be in sin and still, when working in ministry, have attacks yeah. in your life, spiritual warfare, satanic sure. attacks. Yeah. And I think an important um, question as we're exploring this topic is if you're feeling this, if your your life is a mess, mm-hmm. well, 
I think one of the first things you have to figure out, well, which one of those is, if either, yeah. is making your life a mess? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things because um, our biggest enemy, first and foremost, is ourselves, mm-hmm. right? The devil's not our mm-hmm. biggest enemy. We are our biggest mm-hmm. enemy. Yeah. And so when we're dealing with spiritual attacks, we're dealing with a life that's in chaos and all of us go through kind of the the roller coaster of life. Stuff happens, family right. stuff, physical yeah. issues come up and all of that. Yeah. But I still think it's wisdom. If we come under some spiritual attack, things are just abnormal in in our lives. We we do need to assess ourselves first. Yeah. I think some self-examination. Know, yeah, the Bible says right. that if you judge yourself, you'll not be judged of God. P, uh, Paul is actually talking in that passage uh, about those who take communion in an unworthy manner. Mm-hmm. And if we judge ourselves, we'll not be judged of God. Right. We need to make an honest assessment of ourselves. And so if some spiritual attack comes against me, the first thing I'm going to think is, okay, am I doing something wrong? Now, I'm not going to say I'm doing something wrong. So I want you guys to understand that. Like if a spiritual attack comes against you, don't immediately accuse yourself. Nor should you accuse others like Job's friends did yeah. that told him, you're suffering because you're doing something wrong. No, that yeah. that is not necessarily true. It wasn't true yeah. in Job's case. And that's why it's important. Again, if, if an attack is coming against you, I think it's important for you to ask yourself, okay, am I doing something wrong? Rather than right. saying, oh, I'm doing something wrong. So that's right. why this is coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the first thing is to bring it before the Lord. Yeah. And then the next thing, and this is why connection to a local church is so vital, mm-hmm. so important. And I mean a connection to a local church. I don't just mean attending church on Sunday for an hour and a half or two hours. Mm-hmm. I mean a connection to your local church where you have a relationship with the leadership. And I know some folks are parts of really big churches, and I get that. But there are people in leadership positions in those really big churches that you can get close to. Yeah. There are people in those churches, small groups and things like that, that you can get close to. And if you don't, if that's not possible, I'm telling you, you need to find a connection where you can be close to people. That way they can really tell you if there's a spiritual attack coming. People that know you can say, you know what? You're a woman of God. You're walking with the Lord. I don't see the deficiencies that you think might be there, or I do see the deficiencies. And right. a lot of times really mm-hmm. close um, friends who are walking with the Lord can tell you these things before the spiritual attacks come. And that's, yeah. again, why it's important to have an account- accountability person that you're meeting with on a regular basis, because they can foresee some of this stuff, and they can yeah. show you where your deficiencies are and where you might be slacking or where you might be, um, you know, not being serious the way that, the way that you need to be, or where you're serious with the Lord, but there's attacks coming because you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And see, that's another thing. And, and so how do you discern? I mean, well, that is important. We need to know how to discern because that's yeah. a very important thing to discern. Well, a lot of the discernment comes from being in the Word of God. Yes. Kind of going back yeah. to our, our, our initial conversation about the things that do disqualify you. Being in the Word of God and knowing the things that God approves of and the things that God does not approve of right. is a very easy way yeah. to tell, okay, am, am I under attack because I've opened up a door to the enemy to attack me? Right. Well, am I doing the things that God says I shouldn't be doing? Well, then that's an indicator. But yeah. if you're not, you know the Word of God and you know that you're before the Lord and you're right with God in every area, then I would say you can immediately assume that it's attacked right from the devil. It's an attack that's come against you because you're you're over the target. Yeah. And this ministry is one of those, like, we've gotten a lot of opposition in the past, you know, really the past three, four years. We've had a right. lot of pro-abortion really opposition. But yeah. in the past year, we've really had some intense opposition yeah. to us on the sidewalk yeah. and just in, in general in ministry. And we've done the self-examination, mm-hmm. right? I have, like, mm-hmm. am I... Am I Doing things I ought not. Am I? Mm-hmm. No, no, okay. And I have people around me that I can ask these questions to that'll be honest with me. Yeah. And, you know, and even things... in ministry, I ask that question even in, uh, you know, you're talking, I think, more personally in your personal life. Yeah. But even in looking at, am I doing something in ministry that maybe is not the way God would have us well, be I'm, doing I'm that? I'm talking along those terms too. Yeah. Okay. And so, if you've got people that are able to speak into your life, able to speak into your ministry, yeah, a lot of times the opposition is an indicator that you're doing something right, yeah. actually. And yeah. if we allow the devil with his deception, because that's what he does, he deceives and he yeah. accuses, to shift it around to where we're accusing ourselves, yeah. we're really not 
involved in sin and rebellion or whatever, and we allow, we take the bait of Satan and, and we just kind of are offended even with ourselves. Yeah. Um, we can really, this thing can really be turned upside down because, again, a lot of times the indicator that you're doing the right thing is that you're getting opposition. Right. If you're not getting opposition, that's like what we talk about with our sidewalk counselors and our sidewalk missionaries. If people are angry with you, if people, human beings mm-hmm. that you're talking to are angry mm-hmm. with you, that's not always a bad thing. Right. It's better for them to be angry with you because you know you're hitting the mark, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're touching on something. Now, if you're just being purposely belligerent and just mean to them, obviously mm-hmm. that's an issue. But if you're speaking along biblical lines, speaking the truth, and people are angry with you, you're touching a mark, right? That's Same right. way when you're out there on the sidewalk, you're doing ministry, and you're getting opposition from the devil. You're getting... I mean, who knows? These these attacks can come physically. They can come mentally. They can come things in your family, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times you're doing the assessment of like, okay, I'm walking with God. I'm doing the right things. Um, this is coming because I'm I'm hitting the mark. And this is, to me, an encouragement that the, the devil ain't happy with what right. I'm doing. Right. And and that then leads to... Um you know, the the question, well, what do I do with that? What if I am doing everything right? Yeah. And yet my family is under horrific attack. If you give in to that and decide that I, I have to leave, it's too much. Yeah. And sometimes I think we've all been there yeah. where it's really close to too much. But if we leave, the danger is we have given in to Satan. We've given him what he wanted. He he has forced us out. Yeah. And and so uh that's I think an important thing for us to think about. I think we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit more later, but just keep it in the back of your mind yeah. about about that question. How do we know when it's time to just take a break? Are we giving into Satan or is it, is it really necessary yeah. right now that that we someone step back? Yeah. But um, one of the things in in our ministry, and as I was reading through and kind of preparing for this, I I, I read this verse, First Corinthians six eighteen. Okay. Um, you want to read that? Do you have that that verse there? Yeah. Uh, Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. And so this is talking about sexual sin, right? Which yeah. Which can really be a detriment to to ministry. Especially our ministry, yeah. Because this is what so many of—I mean, it's the cause of abortion. Ninety-nine percent of the time, probably, is because of sexual sin. So, if if that is something that we are struggling with, that's a real problem, particularly in abortion ministry. And it it sounds like of all the sins that we could be involved in, that one is maybe if. One of the greatest dangers. That's what yeah. I'm reading in the, in that yeah, verse. I mean, and it comes to mind for me because I think this could be broadened. The conversation that we're talking about would disqualify someone from ministry. It can be broadened beyond our context, mm-hmm. which is obviously being out at an abortion center. But I think about men and women of God who I think a lot of us have looked up to. And I'm not going to name any names, but you know, there's been some recent folks that right. you know, yeah. find out about they fell into sexual sin and yeah. all of that. Yeah. And just the detriment that that causes, not only uh, to the people that you know, kind of, they are directly ministering to, but the people who have taken their influence and yeah. have taken, you know, their teachings and all that stuff. And it's like, man, it's just really disheartening. And more than anything, it uh, it dishonors God. And again, yeah. I think that needs to be the understanding that the ministry that we're called to is service to God. Yeah. And so this this idea. Or this charge, actually, to flee immorality mm-hmm. and especially sexual immorality, yeah. is just that. This is this is a, a constant. And you look throughout the the entire scripture, you'll see this is a constant issue and a constant struggle that people have. Yeah, I mean, you think of King David, right, falling yeah. into sexual sin with yeah. Bathsheba, yeah, and it shipwrecks his family and the whole right. you know the whole ministry he's called to. Now God still right. uses him. But not until he repents. Yeah. Right. And so God confronts him in his sin and he repents. Yeah. Um, but persistent, unrepentant sin along those lines is really, really, really destructive. And if it's happening to a leader, then, like you said, the people that have followed that leader, that have looked up to that leader, it can be very faith 
shattering. Yeah. Because you wonder, well, what else have they taught me or said that was a hypocritical lie? They can't even live that life, and yet they're trying to teach it to me. So I just want to throw that out there. That That's a sin that, beyond a shadow of a doubt, needs to be strongly dealt with yeah. for you to be in ministry. So kind of then the flip side, well, what qualifies us? What are we looking for that 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 qualifies us for ministry? If it's not our own strength, and we certainly know we shouldn't be in sin, but what what things should we have as a part of our character? Yeah, well, some of the things you have here, and as always, you've written a wonderful article about this. So which we're kinda, will be posted. Yeah, we, we will be able to. Yeah. So we're kind of using that as a framework. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the things you named here are, are absolutely um, crucial to being qualified for ministry. And we mm-hmm. actually talked about that in the very beginning. If you want to be qualified for ministry, you've got to have fear and much mm-hmm. trembling. You've got to have weakness, fear. And much trembling, right? The if you're going to be qualified, of what you would think, right? <laughs> the opposite yeah. of what the world would think. Yeah. Um, broken and contrite spirit. Mm-hmm. So this contrition before the Lord. You know, I would say, first and foremost, the thing that qualifies you for ministry mm-hmm. is you've got to have had an experience with the Lord. Well, yeah, right? that's primary first. You've got to yes. be born of the Spirit. Yeah. And Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is death. That which yeah. is born of the Spirit produces life, right? So we've got to be born of the Spirit. But even beyond that, I mean, even people that are born of the Spirit can deal with pride and arrogance right. yeah. and uh, self-sufficiency. Yeah. And so a broken and contrite spirit will help you get rid of that, help you crucify this idea of self-sufficiency. Right. Yeah. I think that's, man, to me, that's like a, a huge danger for any ministry. As I mentioned earlier, if I see people that I see are like too self-sufficient, I don't mean to say that they're not proficient, right? They're not smart people that can do certain things and have certain abilities and all of that. And they should be confident. Yeah. But where is their confidence? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so our confidence has to be not in our own abilities. Although, you know, you see, you see through scripture, I think you see a man like King David, for example, Mm -hmm. who I think was pretty confident in his abilities as a warrior. Mm -hmm. But where did he start? He started Defeating Goliath, like probably the biggest enemy he's ever faced, biggest single enemy he's ever faced, Goliath. He starts with a sling and a stone, right? So he has that encounter with the Lord in a sense. Mm -hmm. You'll say the Goliath experience was the experience Mm -hmm. where the Goliath, and again, who's the biggest enemy? Well, David's biggest enemy was David. And who's our biggest enemy? It's ourselves. And when you become a Christian, that Goliath, you in your life, the biggest idol that you have is yourself. God slays that thing. By God's power, that thing is slayed, right? And he slays it with the tools that David already knew how to use. It wasn't like David had to acquire any great new set of skills. The skills were already in place for what God was calling him to do. But he may not have trusted that. But in in David's case, he did. They tried to put armor on him. He said, no, I can't. I'm not used to this. I'm going to use what I've always used. And in God's power, I'm going to go forth and slay that giant. I think that's a great lesson for all of us. David goes on, I think, with confidence, and his confidence seemed to always be in the Lord. And that's kind of where I'm going with this, is that, yes, we need to have confidence, but we need to have confidence in the Lord and not in the flesh. Right. Um, So... That takes brokenness. It takes contrition. It takes yeah. a reliance on the Lord. It takes, again, that John 15 dynamic where mm-hmm. he is the vine and we are the branches. Mm-hmm. When we bear fruit, yes, we can be confident as a branch mm-hmm. that we can bear fruit, mm-hmm. but our confidence doesn't come from the fact that we're a branch. It comes from the fact that we're connected to the vine. Because yeah. Jesus in that passage is talking about, you know, what does, what does a branch do if it's not attached to the vine? Right. It withers. Right. And they throw them in the fire because yep. they can't even... Can't even bear leaves, much less fruit, right. if they're not connected to the vine. Yeah. So again, the confidence from the branches to being connected to the vine. Yeah. Um, and then you have here the importance of a heart inclined to God. Yeah. Our heart is toward the Lord. The same dynamic is that we trust in the Lord. My confidence is not in the flesh. You, David writes, as the psalmist, some trust in chariots and some in horses. Yeah. But I will trust in the Lord. Yeah. Right. It's not in armies. It's not in chariots. It's not in horses. It's not in all these other things that the world has to offer. Right. Um, Though God can use some of those things. Certainly in David's battles, Mm -hmm. God used chariots and horses, Mm -hmm. but his trust, his confidence was not there. 
It's yeah. in the Lord. It's like, you know, we have certain skills, you know, ability to speak and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And certainly we can we can have a certain amount of, of amount of confidence in that, in that ability, but only as it's surrendered to the Lord, right? Yes. Yeah. And so it, a heart of surrender to the Lord qualifies us right. for ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, in fact, our skill sets, our strengths look like it's very well suited to ministry. And we find out, oh, man, these people that are so self-sufficient and hard-hearted really don't um, work out well. And then on the other hand, sometimes there's people that the the least likely person you think to succeed. I'm thinking of one of our counselors who is just so shy, so quiet, so tiny. By all external appearances, this is a timid little mouse that just, there's no way she's going to withstand the intensity of the battle is is how I felt when I first saw her show up. I thought, oh no, yeah. she is going to be eaten alive. She is such an effective counselor. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of one of the other qualifiers for us, right? It's not how we look. Sure. It's not the external appearance. Yeah, yeah. It's our inward character, and it's yeah. our connection to the Lord. Right, right, yeah. Um, so I think this biblical understanding is an important qualifier that John chapter 15, man, yeah. I could preach that all day long. Yeah, every but, single podcast we've done lately, you've been able to work that I'm in. I'm going to work it in <laughs> because it's a, it's, a, it's a reality that I've known in my life that, I mean, really, seriously, apart from him, yeah, I, I can do anything. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean we're not going to struggle. One of no. my our, our churches, I'm, I'm not sure if that's still what they say, but they um, part of our, um, I don't know, founding statement is that we struggle well with Christ. Yeah. And so we're, we may very well still struggle, but it's important, are we struggling well? Yeah. Which means, back to your point, are you struggling with God as your guide and your focus are are you struggling outside of his will yeah, yeah. in which case things need to change yeah absolutely yeah. well i think you know at this point i think we've we've touched on some of these and you guys can take advantage of the article that we'll put out on the sidewalks for life website that i think will help you mm-hmm. but i do want to jump into the safeguards to end this yeah thing out. that's really important and yeah. i think like i will preach this just like i'll preach john chapter 15 yeah Accountability, right? If you're talking about safeguards, now we've we've talked about some of the things that will disqualify you from ministry. Um, we've talked about what qualifies you for ministry: mm-hmm. contrite heart before the Lord. Yeah. Uh, but as far as safeguards mm-hmm. go, to safeguard against those things that might disqualify you, accountability is like like you gotta have it. Yeah. And I would say, especially for men, but I'll say especially for women too. <laughs> I'd say for especially men because for everybody, especially right? for everybody. <laughs> but I'd say for men in particular because it seems that men are more sh- those that struggle with sexual sin, yeah, and the temptation to you know look at garbage on the internet that you mm-hmm. shouldn't be looking at, which mm-hmm. ultimately you know sin is never satisfied. Sin like the grave right. is never satisfied, yeah. right? It's yeah. always going to take more from you than initially was asked, right? Take you further than you initially thought you would go, yeah. And so people don't start out. You know, with full blown adultery, they start out dabbling in pornography and all that that kind of garbage. Yeah. If you don't have accountability, if you don't have somebody in your life or somebody's in your life that if they see something's off, can ask you those questions, or I would say somebody that you meet with on a regular basis that asks you the tough questions. Yeah. Are you keeping what you're looking at pure? Yeah. Are you I know one of the things for me is are you spending time with your family? Because that can yeah. be for somebody who's driven, who wants to you know, just be involved in ministry and do what God's called them to do. We can we can forget our families, yeah, and kind of leave them yeah. behind. Well, that's something I need to be held accountable for. Am I yeah. spending time with my family? Yeah, and so my accountability guy will ask me those questions: Are you looking at what's pure? Are you spending time with your family? And even he holds me accountable in this area too: Is are you spending time disconnected from ministry? Yeah, are there times you know I have a Sabbath day that I take off uh, that I disconnect best I can from ministry? And when I don't do that consistently, I know it. Like yeah, it catches you, up with yeah. me. And you know what's really important when not only accountability, but what goes hand in hand in that, that you have an accountability 
accountability partner or partners, but that you also are committed to being honest with them. Because yeah. it doesn't matter how many accountability people you have, if you're not being honest, you're still continuing down that destructive, silent yeah. path, and nothing's going to change. Yeah. You are, so, so there's both. You have yeah. to have that person that you can truly listen to and be accountable to, but then you are willing to truly bear your heart and be honest in what's going on in your life. And I think that's really hard for some people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would say get somebody, you know, if you don't already have accountability partner, then somebody that holds you accountable. Yeah. Then, and you're looking like praying through who that might be. Yeah. I would always encourage you to be an older person in the Lord. Somebody that's been walking with God for longer than you have. Yeah. Somebody that's a little older than you. Yeah. If you can't make that happen. God will bring somebody across your radar. Right. Pray to, for that. For the, yeah. Um, and also somebody who's you know is going to get get a little rough. Like, hey. They're going to say, this is wrong. Yeah, this and is not wrong. be afraid. They're not going to fear your friend, the lost friendship or whatever. They're just going to say, this is wrong and you need to yeah. change. Yeah. Don't get a, yeah. a yes man or yes right. woman as your right. accountability partner. Yeah. Get someone that will hold you accountable yeah. for real. That's right. That is, I mean... Above just your personal walk with the Lord, you being in prayer consistently, being in the Word consistently, and that's another point of accountability. That's what my accountability partner asked me. Hey, are you in the Word consistently? Like, are you in prayer? You, how's your relationship with the Lord? Yeah, Um, that's a safeguard. Is it regular? Is it intentional? Or is it just kind of well? At the end of the day, if I have time, I I might pray a little bit. Or, but are you doing something to really schedule time? With God and yeah. in prayer, like like Jesus Himself yeah. did. Now I do want to warn against something. This is something that really wasn't kind of in my thought process, mm-hmm. but I understand that people think this way. And it was in a conversation with someone who we've ministered alongside of. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking, um, I believe you and I were talking to this person, or mm-hmm. maybe it was just myself. I don't remember, but I do know at one point um, this person expressed that. You know, my time with the Lord, I was actually using my time in ministry as a substitute for my oh. time with the Lord. Oh, okay. Yeah. So rather than spending time in the Word yeah. and spending time in prayer, yeah. I was thinking, well, I'm spending time with the Lord on the sidewalk. I'm yeah. spending time with the Lord. I'm doing His will. I'm yeah, obeying I'm Him. I'm doing His will. Yeah. Okay. And so, and listen, that, that's a ministry is important. But ministry should be done out of a relationship with the Lord. Right. Not, not to build not a to relationship. Not to build a relationship. Now, it's right. a component that can help you grow closer to the Lord. You yeah. guys have probably heard me give two promises. If you commit to go to the sidewalk, God will use you to save babies, mm-hmm. and God will grow you in areas that you wouldn't grow otherwise if you yeah. go to the sidewalk. That's true. This is a component. Ministry is a component right. of your relationship with the Lord. Right. But it is, it is not the bedrock. It is not the foundation of yeah. your relationship with the Lord. It is, it is something that is built upon the foundation of your relationship with the Lord. Again, you cannot give what you do not have. Yeah. If you're encountering people at the abortion center, they need Jesus, yeah. right? They need a relationship with him. They need to be connected to the true vine, right? Because yeah. they need life that comes from him. If you're not connected to the true vine, right. if you're kind of a withering branch, you can't give them what they don't have. And sometimes that can creep up on you. So using ministry as a substitute for a consistent, close relationship with the Lord, it should flow out of that, right. not be a replacement for that. So right. that, that's a that's a right. warning um, for you guys. So yeah. just a couple of other safeguards as mm-hmm. we kind of knock these things out and wrap this podcast up mm-hmm. is confession of sin. Yeah. And that doesn't just mean you saying, I'm sorry, God, that I did this sin. Yeah. But if there are consistent struggles in your life, mm-hmm. let's say, for example, as men, looking at pornography on a regular mm-hmm. basis, if that's a consistent struggle in your life, mm-hmm. you need to stop just confessing that to the Lord and you need to start confessing that to people. You need to have an right. accountability partner yeah. Yeah. that you're confessing that to. You need to have people in your life. If you've got close people in your life, mm-hmm. your ministry leaders, pastors, or your accountability partner who says, hey, listen, man, you're consistently stumbling in this area, yeah. I think you need to back away yeah. from ministry. Yeah. Well, the Bible the well. And the Bible says, confess our sins one to another. Yeah. It's not just to God, but it is one to another. And that's such a big safeguard because if you know God requires that of us, I think that alone can sometimes hold you back. It helps. It's yeah. another barrier to you sinning because, you know, I'm going to go have to tell my friend. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So very important. Yeah, to, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Maybe in the modern church, we make light of sin. 
Yeah. And we say, ah, you know, everybody does it. Maybe yeah. that's the case. I mean, yeah. For many churches, it is. Yeah. But that's not the case with God. God yeah. doesn't make light of sin. It's not just a, a no big deal to him. Yeah, everybody does it. No way. Yeah. You're a child of God. And if you're in consistent, unrepentant sin, yeah. you might make light of it. God doesn't. Yeah. And all, after all, it's his opinion that matters. So right. deal with it. Deal with it forthrightly. Deal with it by confessing it. And, uh, and mourning for it. I think that's something else. Is well, that, that comes with we, a broken and contrite that's heart. That's right. To, yeah. to truly mourn over how you have um, strayed yeah. from God and, and the destruction, because it always causes destruction, not only in your life, but in the lives of others. Yeah. Psalm 51 mm-hmm. is a perfect scripture. Mm-hmm. If there's unrepentant sin in your life and God has confronted you in it mm-hmm. and you need to repent of it, Psalm mm-hmm. 51 is a great model. Mm-hmm. This is David after he was caught in his sin with Bathsheba yeah. and yeah. with Uriah and all that. Yeah. Um, he repents before God. God continues to use him. As a matter of fact, I will say this. Yeah. That after, this is pretty astounding to me, yeah. after this whole episode of his sin, is actually when God says that David is a man after his own heart. Yeah, he's an adulterer and murderer. Yeah. And, you know, one of the questions that in an article, which is referenced um, in the article I wrote, um, was would would any ministry hire David? Yeah. Just see, he's just yeah. finished an adulterous relationship, had a child out of wedlock, um, killed her uh, or had the, her husband killed. Would you hire David? Heck no. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would say that, no, he's disqualified. But the amazing thing is God doesn't disqualify him. Yeah. And, of course, we could get into all the uh, theological reasons for that, Mm -hmm. maybe some Old Testament versus New Testament understandings of the covenant with God and all of that. I'm not trying to imply anything, but the point is taken that God is a restorer. So just because for a season you might be disqualified from from ministry, yeah, it doesn't mean for forever, yeah. Right? And these are all things. There's, there's in no way we're going to be able to give you a podcast or give you guidance in you know when are you disqualified from ministry or when is it like you need to take a break because that's yeah. kind of our last point that there are times you need to take a break whether it's because of and I would say again if it's unrepentant sin and there's things that disqualify you, yes, you need to take a break and that needs to be done in subjection to leadership, to people that you're under um, the leadership of, people in your local church, and uh, if you're part of a ministry, those folks. But but let me ask you, maybe this is where you're going, but that is clear. Yeah. But what about if your world is falling apart because Satan hates what you're doing and you're so effective? Yeah. What's your advice there about when, because he can do some pretty very destructive things. There's no doubt. Yeah. When do we step back yeah. in the face I mean, of that? I don't see in Scripture, I don't see any kind of like definitive line. Yeah. But I do think there is a point, like the attacks of the devil can get so much where, yeah, yeah you've got to step back for a season. I yeah. do think, though, it needs to be, if you've if you've been called to a particular ministry, God didn't change his mind, right? So if yeah. you've been called to the ministry, let's say, of a sidewalk missionary, sidewalk counselor, you know that God called you to that. You've seen God use you in that. People right. have validated that. People that know you say, yep, you're called to this. Mm-hmm. God didn't change his mind. Yeah. Now, there may be a season where you need to step away, reassess, maybe get some, um, I don't know, just get some more depth in your relationship with the Lord or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those decisions, however, to me, can't be made, I mean, given guidance over a podcast or anything like that. They need to be made uh, before the Lord and with the guidance of other people. Right. Like just this idea that you're just going to pray about it. And you're going to get some kind of clarity from the Lord. Okay, I'm not trying to minimize that. You should pray about it and should get some kind of clarity from the Lord. But the Lord works through people. Mm -hmm. And typically in our lives, when we're being led, he works through the leaders that we're being led by. Mm -hmm. So talking to those people, Mm -hmm. getting taking their suggestions, taking their guidance, because God will give to your leadership. God will give to pastors wisdom that he wouldn't give to me. Yeah. Because you have willfully put yourselves under their authority. God respects authority, actually. God respects the authority of human beings, especially within the realm of the local church. And so you respecting their authority and God working through them can be very helpful in figuring out, okay, when do you need to step back? What is that time frame? And then when do you need to step back into it? And so that's kind of just the guidance I'll give based on that and kind of the way I see it in Scripture. Yeah. Um, But beyond that, I mean, there's, there's... 
again, this relational component in the local church that is so vital and so important. And I do know, and I think we have to acknowledge in this day and age of the day of COVID where so many churches are not meeting, yeah. so many people are not. Maybe they yeah. used to be consistently connected to the local church and now they're not. And they're trying to do online church. Mm-hmm. To me, that's like to the detriment mm-hmm. of, of the body of Christ in a lot yeah. of ways. And I'm not trying to accuse churches, those who yeah. don't meet. And there's different reasons why. I'm not trying to accuse that. But I am saying that there's a reason why the Bible says we should not forsake the assembling ourselves together. That's right. like we need to yeah. assemble it together. Yeah. We need to have leadership we need to have accountability. Mm-hmm. We need to have relationships with people that can mm-hmm. speak in our lives. And so um, I hope that's an encouragement to you guys. If there's some more clarity that we can give along these lines, uh, we would certainly be willing to do that. I'm, I'm not going to step in as your pastor, um, so I'm not going to try to figure out all of this for you. If you've got some of these struggles, hopefully this gave you some guidance. Mm-hmm. But I would strongly encourage you, like if you reached out to me and asked me some of these questions, I'm probably going to say, well, are you part of a local church? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, talk to your pastor. And then, right. you know, right. you maybe you can circle back around with me. Yeah. I yeah. think that would be my guidance to you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, beyond that, I think we're uh, – hopefully we're we're, we're – giving you guys some guidance and some encouragement along these lines. Yeah, and just just especially for you to know you're not alone. If if you're yeah. feeling like, when do I leave? Should I leave? Am I disqualified? If if you're even asking that question, I think most of the time you're probably not. Yeah, Because that, that, that question yeah. comes out of a broken heart, I think, and, yeah. and that's one of the qualifiers. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, guys, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. Like we started out, we want to encourage you guys to share this podcast with other people. And uh, like I said, you could reach out to me if there's some questions that you have along these lines that I can give some help in. I'll, I'll do my best. I'm sure Vicky would be willing to do the same. You can reach both of us. You can reach me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicky, at lovelife.org. Uh, check out this article. Sometimes the articles come out a little after we post the podcast, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes they come out along with the podcast. But if you don't see this article out and you don't have a link for that in the podcast show notes, then it'll be out in a couple of days or whatever on our Sidewalks for Life website. So you can go to a sidewalks, the number four life.com. And there's a tab there called equipping articles. And you can just read the articles that we've written this one in particular, and then the others that we've written, but we hope it's been a blessing to you guys. And until next time, God bless. I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you